Talking with Evan Dunphy off the record, a guest on this week's show, we both agreed that we're in the middle of an embarrassment of riches in the running world. So many great performances, athletes doing amazing things, we barely have enough time to cover all of the action. Now, of course, we're going to try to do just that, but all around, it's a pretty good problem to have. On this week's show, as previously mentioned, Evan Dunphy, he's the 2016 Olympic 50k 4th place race walker, walking 25 kilometers a day for 25 days for kids sport. He talks about the cause, his value as an athlete, and a whole lot more. Also, we'll chat with Eric Bang. He ran a new personal best in the Chicago Marathon, a scorching 2.19.03. We'll check in with him to talk about the Toronto running scene, self-belief, and all the best laid running plans. You're listening to The Terminal Mile at The Terminal Mile on Twitter and Instagram, a Tracky Radio production. Race walker Evan Dunphy has already left a big mark on the sport, with a 4th place finish at the 2016 Rio 50k race walk. Just as admirable though, is the mark Evan is leaving on his community, frequently looking to build up the younger generation through talks and initiatives. Interestingly enough, Evan is also in the middle of walking 25 kilometers a day for 25 days in support of kids sport. To get more details on that, we caught up with him earlier this week. All right, so I, I want to start off just by saying that this interview is not just for the people of Australia. However, they seem to have taken to you quite, quite well. Um, I think a good place to start would be with what you're doing right now. Um, you know, I've, I've seen bits and, and pieces of it on social media and on Strava and all that good stuff. Um, perhaps you can enlighten us as to why you are walking these days. Yeah, um, why I'm walking these days, that's a perfect question. Um, I'm walking less for training and more for, like, exercise, I guess, I'd say. Um, So I'm doing something really exciting. I'm walking currently 25 kilometers a day for 25 days. Uh, We're celebrating Kids Sport 25th anniversary. And so I just figured what better way to raise some money for a great charity than to put the skill I have, which is, walking moderately quickly for long periods of time, um, a pretty useless skill uh, in the real world. But like, let's see if we can take that and use it and do some good and, and raise some money for charity. So explain to me, what does Kidsport do and, and why are they? Why is it so so close to you? Why, why do you want to go and, and walk uh, like you're doing? Yeah, Kidsport's such a great organization. I started working with them in 2016 and... You know, they have such a simple goal, and it's just get more kids enrolled in sport. And they're going to break, they're going to help break down those, that, you know, that financial uh, barrier that prevents some kids from, from getting into sport. And, you know, I grew up very lucky that uh, my family was very supportive and, and was, and had the means to, uh, to put me into any sport that I, I wanted and, and wanted to give a try, try to. And, um, you know, just, Seeing now as I've gotten older that there's tons of kids out there that don't have that same opportunity and sport's been such an amazing part of my life and it's allowed me to transform as a person and, and you know, sport's given me confidence, it's given me a voice, it's, it's allowed me to become a role model and ambassador and, and all these amazing things that sport has taught me. Uh, I really believe that they should be accessible to everyone and, and kids sport believes that as well. The kids sport helps uh, by providing families that can't otherwise afford it, up to $400 towards registration fees to just help get over that first barrier of getting kids into sport. And, um, you know, 
know, their, their mission, their, their sort of statement is that so all kids can play. And uh, I think that's such an easy thing to get behind. Oh, that that's re- that's really cool. So, uh, tell me, are you just walking around uh, Vancouver, or are you branching out? To, uh, you know, where are you walking? Yeah, so I'm I'm based in Richmond, uh, just just south of Vancouver. So where the airport is, it's nice. Uh, it's nice and flat. So my most a lot of my walks in Richmond, I'll maybe have like two meters of total elevation gain the entire the entire walk, and my highest elevation might be one meter above sea level. Hmm. Um, so it's it's great from that aspect of it, and it's also beautiful. I got tons of dike and um, and trail to to uh, and bike path to train on, and uh, I've been venturing into Vancouver a little bit. Uh, I've had a few appointments down there yesterday. In the middle of my walk, I had a max strength testing session uh, at the hospital on some special biodex machine. So I broke up my 25k walk with the max hamstring strength testing. So that was um, that made the last 10k of my walk. Uh, less than fun i bet i bet so how how has it been going so far you know have you have you felt the impact of of doing 25 every day i mean like part of me goes back and forth on this because you know you're you're a 50k guy so you must be doing a lot of volume anyways but uh you know how how has it been treating you yeah it's it's so different i mean i've i've definitely i've done higher mileage than this i've done 200 kilometer plus weeks um and right now i'm doing 175 180 last week because I got lost one day and did a few extra kilometers. Um, but uh, it's it's different. I've never had a training program where, you know, I got up every single morning and was doing 25K, 25K, 25K. Um, there's no recovery days. There's no easy days after something hard. And so that's been, it's been really different. Um, I've been really interested to see how my body's responded. And so far it's been pretty good. I've been averaging uh, about 2.0, just under 2.02. Uh, for the 25k walks, which I've been really happy with, I was I was kind of aiming to hit 205. Um, so to be walking 202, I've I'm pretty thrilled with and have a little bit of a buffer. So if in the last 10 days things start to get tough, um, I can slow it down a little bit and still hit my goal of averaging quicker than five minutes per k. So so you have been throwing you know quality sessions into that into that mix as well. Yeah, well I accidentally <laughs> accidentally I say uh, accidentally on purpose. Um, signed up. I did the Victoria Half Marathon on Sunday, and I did the Turkey Trot in Vancouver around Gravel Island uh, and the Seawall on Monday. And um, I'm just too competitive, so I get into these races and I just start pushing way too hard. So I'd given myself a goal in the Victoria Half. Uh, my goal was simply don't go quicker than 140, and I completely screwed that goal up. I ended up walking 137 and just got a little bit carried away and. Um, you know, that's what I'm a little bit afraid of is I just get getting too anxious in these early days and you know I'm 10 days into it now so I'm you know about 40 percent done we're, we're we're well into it by now and um, I am starting to feel it a little bit so uh, hopefully some of these quick days I, I closed off my 10k uh, doing the turkey trot in 44 and a half minutes uh, which was a little bit brisker than again that I probably should have been going but um, yeah we'll see how the body responds it's been fun to I get out there and I, I love the competitive challenge and being surrounded by people that are all pushing themselves just makes me want to push myself uh, that much harder. So I can't blame myself for, for pushing too hard. I just have to acknowledge that I can't put myself in a race and, and hold back. You know, what, what's been the local response? Uh, I mean, no doubt so many people have seen you out uh, when you're walking and stuff. You know, have they asked questions and, and have you gotten any donations that way? 
Yeah, it's been, it's been fantastic. Um, been able to do a few uh, interviews, whether it was with CBC Radio or Global TV, and, and so that's helped sort of get the story out there a little bit. And um, you know, I got some got some cool like kids sport uh, clothing now on my on my New Balance gear. I got some kids sport logos that I'm able to don while I'm training. So I think that helps people sort of say, "Oh, hey, what what are you doing for kids sport?" And um, it's been great uh, the, the feedback there. And, and the Richmond Olympic Oval has been awesome as well. I've been doing a lot of stuff with them, and and they've been helping out sort of champion my cause as well, which has helped uh, a ton with, with getting the word out there. So uh, the city of Richmond has always done a great job of, of supporting me and, and making me feel uh, a part of the community. And, um, you know, it's, it's fun to get to give back a little bit now and, and just see how much support I do have. Like we've had over $4,500 uh, donated so far, which has been fantastic. You know, I'm, I'm aiming for, for 25,000 and I know that's an ambitious goal, but, uh, you know, it's starting to look like that actually might come to fruition, which would be just amazing. Well, I mean, let's uh, let's throw some links. How how can people support you? You know, how can people access it? Maybe if they aren't from Richmond or, or Vancouver. Yeah, so we got uh, we got a website set up that has tons of information. Uh, just Dunfee Walks D U N F E E Walks dot com. People can donate through there. The great the best thing about kids sport it's a you know, complete official above board charity so you get a nice little tax receipt when you donate um we've been encouraging people to donate 25 bucks because uh, kids sports 20th anniversary and that 25 bucks goes a long way to ensuring that one more kid gets uh, gets access to sport the other really cool thing we've been doing uh it's not just a 25k a day of walking it's uh i'm actually doing 25 school talks throughout the fall so this semester i'm getting into 25 schools talking to about 5,000 kids uh, sharing, sharing my message about sport and, and sharing the journey that I've sort of been on and, and all the wonderful things that sport has afforded me, um, teaching kids about finding their passion and then using that passion to do a little bit of good. And uh, then just getting active with the kids and having some fun and giving some, uh, giving some new balance stuff away, giving some new stuff away. Um, it's been pretty awesome. The, the support my sponsors have shown me as well and, and backing me and, and supporting me on this event. Well, I mean, that that leads in perfectly to my next question, because uh, we here at the Terminal Mile, I mean, like, I've I've gotten to, to watch you grow as a person and as an athlete. And, you know, just witnessing what you've done over the past couple of years, uh, specifically where you've you've been going to schools, you've been helping out uh, with all these sort of, sorts of causes has been, you know, fantastic. And I think um, it should be very inspiring to the rest of the athletic community in Canada. How how important do you think that it is to to get other athletes out there talking to talking to kids and and you know maybe trying to help out and give back to the community? Yeah, I, I think it's it's hugely important. I think it, in Canada especially, it's essential um, for for athletes. Um, you know, especially when you're looking at making a living out of out of this. Um, it's not easy to, to get sponsorship in Canada. I think every athlete knows that. And, um, you know, one of the things that I've really tried to do, and I, I'm a race walker, like there's, it's unprecedented to get sponsorship as a race walker because, you know, nobody, we're, we're that fringe event. We're sort of, you know, we're the marginalized event in track and field. But, um, you know, I've really taken it upon myself the last couple of years to do as much as I can to create value and, and, and be a, an attractive option to sponsors. Um, and, and for me, I, you know, I like talking, um, I think 
anyone who's listened to uh, my podcast with you before knows that I like talking. And um, so for me, going to the schools and sharing my story is, is the natural progression of that. Other athletes, that's not their thing, um, but there's different ways they can they can give back to the community. And, um, you know, I'm really lucky that I get to do this full-time. I guess I'm a full-time athlete. I make enough money that I don't have to work um, work a job to pursue my goals in sport. And that time that I have where I would normally have to be working, um, I view that as time that I need to be giving back and, and giving back to my community that supported me and sort of allowed me to, to carve out my niche. Um, so I, I think it's hugely important for, for other athletes to, to make sure they're doing something, however small, however large, uh, in their community just to acknowledge the, the impact that they've had on, on shaping their journey and, and crafting um, you know, their, their skills in the sport. Because at the end of the day, none of us would be here if, they're, if we didn't have a community. I mean, they're the people that watch us. They're the people that, that make sport valuable and, and make sport worth pursuing. Um, so without them, we'd kind of be nothing. So I think it's, it's easy to, to want to give back and, and support it. You know, you mentioned your your apparel and uh, and footwear sponsor there a couple times. New Balance, uh, they of course have been been helping out a ton in Canadian track and field, uh, which has been great to see. Have they have they been encouraging encouraging you and and you know um, you know helping you out in, in other ways to to go out into the community and and give back like that? Is that something that they do? Yeah, so they've, um, I sort of with them on this kids sport event, we've partnered together and they've actually helped uh, make me my autograph cards. So the cards that I will give out to all the kids. Um, and, and, you know, my big thing with sponsorship is creating value. So I want to create programs and events and stuff where everybody benefits. And so for New Balance to benefit from, from, from this event, uh, what we're doing is all of my autograph cards actually have a 15% off discount at the New Balance Vancouver stores. So, you know, it drives traffic in the stores. The kids get a cool autograph card from, from me that's signed and, and this, that, and the other thing. Um, so I benefit, the kids benefit, New Balance benefits. Like value is created all, all around. Um, and that's really what I, what I aspire to do for, for sponsorship and, and with companies find ways of how can, I, how can we uniquely create value because, you know, Unlike, unlike someone like Reed Coolstead, who, I mean, and Reed does tons in the community as well, um, but he's inherently valuable just in his ability to run fast. Um, you know, I, I don't have that same inherent value, so I have to, to work hard to make sure I'm providing value in other ways, and, and what I do off track um, in the community is one of those ways that I can add additional value because there's not a ton of people waking up and watching me, watching me do a, a 20K race in, in Mexico in the middle of March. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. And, you know, big shout out to uh, New Balance because they were uh, also a, a big sponsor in the inaugural Terminal Mile Cup, a an event that I think that I saw that you were following along with. Um, you know, the basic premise of it, it was, it was, a, it was a DMR, a distance medley relay. Uh, as far as race walking relays go, what would be the optimal race walking relay, do you think, event to put on? Oh, it's, and the, the relay stuff is so much fun. Uh, I'm so gutted to be missing. Uh, the Whistler 50, uh, 50 mile relay is happening this weekend and I'm missing it for the first time in years and I'm so gutted because it's my, one of my favorite events. I run it. I don't even race walk it. I run it, but it's one of my favorite events of the year because it, those relays are just, they're so much fun. 
Um, so race walking is equivalent to that. We have this uh, event down in China. Not so much a relay, but it's a team event. It's a three-day, three or four-day tour. This year it was three days. Uh, so you different race. So this year it was a 20k the first day, and then two 12k's. And it's cumulative time. So there's uh, you know you just add up your time from all three days to get an overall overall time. You do it as part of a team. So your top three guys, your team of of up to five, score each day, and they kind of do cross country scoring where cumulatively you know, total time total time sort of adds up and, and get team scores. It is so much fun. It is such a fun event to be able to do that stuff where we, we make teams out of this year. I had it. My team was a guy from New Zealand, a guy from Chile, guy from South Africa and a guy from Colombia and myself in Canada, like just this hot, hot group of guys that just had so much fun, uh, being on the same team. And, uh, I, I live for that stuff. It, it's so much fun to me. So, um, you know, what you guys are doing, the, uh, Terminal Mile Cup there and, and all that stuff. Like it just creates so much value because it brings an individual sport and it makes it into a team into a team sport and there's just such a need for that. You know, I want to talk. Uh, you know, basically on on what you've been doing this year. I mean, you were part of the of the NACAC Games uh, this year, and you know, you obviously you medaled there and stuff. But other than that, it's it's really tough to get uh, race walking news. So, you know, where have you been at, and how's your training been going, and that sort of stuff? Yeah, uh, so I started the year down in Australia, as I always do. Um, the Pacific Northwest has the best winters possible. But an Australian summer is always in a trumpet. So uh, headed down, headed down to some nice warm weather. I uh, was super fit. Was possibly on PB pace through 12k, my first race of the year down in Australia, and then I tore my hamstring. Um, so I had to actually the weirdest feeling ever was having to drop out of a race while in the lead. Um, was such a hard decision to make, and, and just, but knew knew it was I had, it had to be done. I probably could have pushed through and, and finished the race, but. I would have done myself so much more damage. And uh, so we, we pulled the plug on that one and thought, okay, let's get this healthy again and we'll come back strong. And the rest of the season, just nothing really clicked. I, I struggled a little bit. Thought I was really fit um, heading into Commonwealth Games. Uh, had had some good workouts that indicated some strong fitness and then just blew a gasket early on in the race at Commonwealth Games and, uh, managed to salvage an eighth-place finish that I wasn't too, too happy with. Um, back, back that up a week later, walking the sun run in Vancouver in, like, 39.06. And was telling my, I was like, oh, geez, okay, yeah, I am fit. I, I knew I was fit. I wonder what happened in Australia. But, like, okay, I know I'm fit. I'm going to go to my World Cup or World Team Championship in China, and I'm going to prove it. I'm going to show that I'm fit. And so then when I went to China, I was racing 50K, and I got – at 30K, I was like, this is perfect. Group of five of us, we've broken away. I feel great. I'm going to win a medal for sure, 100%. By 40K, I was like, I, I don't think I'm going to finish. But I I was just completely, completely blew up. So, you know, so ended up holding on and coming 12th, I think, um, in that race. And, again, just not a result I was super pleased with. And was kind of just mentally over the sport a little bit. I've been pushing pretty hard for, for a considerable amount of time straight because of Commonwealth Games being so early in the year. Didn't really take much of a break at the end of last year. and So gave myself a nice mental break in May. I took the entire month of May off. Um, actually road tripped out with a friend from Vancouver to uh, Ottawa and just didn't think about track 
really at all. Just completely just wiped it from my mind, did a complete refresh, and uh, came back came back in June and started prepping for nationals and NACAX and the rest of the season. And it was the best thing. I recommend it to everyone. Take some time off. Don't think about your sport. Just it was the most refreshing thing ever when I came back, started training again, and it was just had this motivation that I hadn't had for, you know, uh, probably since before Rio. So, you know, as, as an athlete, I have to, I have to ask, cause uh, that kind of gave me a little bit of anxiety. Did you take it like off, off, or did you throw in some, some easy walks and stuff in there too? No. So we did, I did, uh, one eight K run, half run, half walk in Saskatoon, uh, with a couple of friends. I think we averaged like five and a half minutes per K and it killed me. It was, I was just, I was completely, it, it destroyed me. I think I did that and I did one, uh, one other run in Ottawa. Shout out to Jay, uh, Jay Snedden. Um, he, he got me out and took me for a run around Ottawa. So that was, again, five minute, just under five minute Ks. And again, I think we went about 8K and it killed me. But those were the only two, two bouts of, timed physical activity I did uh for the month for the month after after a world team champs and it was awesome wow I mean like that's that's uh you know I think that's that's a lot more than than people would expect you say that that your state of mind was just that much better when you came back though yeah I was I was completely refreshed I was excited to start training again um and that was it I told myself that I would take as much time off as I needed to be excited I wasn't going to give myself a timeline to say, okay, I got to start training again on this date. Um, and so I just basically waited until I kind of had that itch and, uh, that itch didn't come for about a month. And so when it did come, I was kind of like, okay, I'm well rested. I've had some time off now. I, I can get back into training and, and doing it on those terms on, you know, not forcing myself back into it, just taking that time that my, my body and my, my mind obviously needed, uh, came back so so refreshed um very unfit uh i must say those first couple of weeks were were a struggle but um you know it was all part of the plan we we did nationals i walked a pretty slow 128 i think at nationals but i said okay that was the benchmark let's try to improve upon that and i walked a couple minutes faster uh at NACAC a month later and then pretty much walked that exact same time in much harder conditions a couple weeks later in, in China. Um, so I knew I was still getting, getting fitter, but it was a great year to take that time off because we didn't really have anything too, too big. And, and the next, next year and next two years leading to Tokyo are so busy with next year of Pan Am Games and Worlds being in end of September. Um, it's going to bleed right into 2020 and, and prep for Tokyo. So the next two years are going to be full on. Having that mental break this year, I think, was is going to pay so many dividends uh, when it comes to August of 2020. You know, speaking of, of World Championships next year, there's been a, it's been a pretty big deal uh, made of the of the whole you know midnight marathon thing. Uh, do you know what the schedule's like? You know, as far as the 50k and and the 20k race walks go? Yeah, so that's the exact same. We started at 11 p.m. Uh, I was pretty gutted. I thought at one point that the 50K walk was going to be the day before my birthday so I could actually start the race as a 28-year-old and finish it as a 29-year-old. Uh, but unfortunately, it starts a day later. So um, not quite. That would have been, been pretty cool. But 
to be honest, like I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I revel in, I, I've sort of created a mindset for myself that anything that puts other people off, I'm going to embrace because I can use that as an, as an advantage. And so having this 11 o'clock start time, I know it's going to stress other people out. Other people are going to overthink it. And um, I'm just going to embrace it and say that I'm really looking forward to it. I used to play some, you know, play rec hockey out at UBC um, uh, with one of the frats. And, and we used to have games that started at, at midnight at, at close to 1 a.m. So I'm probably one of the few guys that actually has exerted themselves. Um, that's a poor way to word that. Uh, I'm probably one of the few guys who's played sport uh, that late at night. Um, so I'm going to use that to my advantage and uh, just, you know, use it as an opportunity to to close that gap on some of the guys that might be more talented than me but might be overthinking uh, the time change and, and all that. Not only that, but you uh, you will be ready with uh, with post uh, with post walk uh, beers in the locker room, correct? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'll uh, you know it'll be my shout for sure. We can't. We got to go back to the old days where doping control. You had you had beer, you had beer and doping. Um, you know those were the good days that I've only heard stories of. But uh, that would have been that would have been cool. I, I, I apparently the throwers ruined it for us because they kept getting drunk uh, at doping control. <laughs> Oh man, that, that there sounds like that sounds like it, it could lead to a potential of a lot of great stories. <laughs> you know, some something I remember asking you, but I mean, it's been a year and a half since you've been on the show, and you know, that's that's no slight to you. It's just been a crazy, you know, couple of years in athletics, which kind of kind of leads into my next question. Um, the whole sport of race walking. I mean from the first time to the second time that we had you on the show, it was pretty evident um, that the that the profile of the sport had been raised, especially in Canada. Now, you know, almost two years on from that, uh, take a look at statistics. I, I've told you this, you know, you had the number one rated episode of all time of, of the Terminal Mile, you know, beating out, uh, you know, a really great episode with Dave Scott Thomas, uh, you know, multiple episodes with, with Reed Coolsad and, and some of my favorite runners. You're, you're at the number one spot. I want to know what has the evolution continued as far as the profile of your sport or sorry, your event in, in Canada? Yeah, um, it's amazing, especially in Vancouver, the the awareness of the community, the, the running community with race walking now. Um, I got to say that the Vancouver running community is just phenomenal, and, and they've embraced me and, and welcomed me into uh, their inner circle uh, with open arms, and it's been fantastic to do stuff like that and um, to, to really just get to experience like uh for example uh mile the marathon does uh this awesome event called chase the pace where they bring people up to the track and they have three different 5ks with each one of them has like three different pacers in it aiming for different times and you had like there's like 250 guys runners out there all just chasing their 5k pvs and you know being a part of that and being getting to do that with with those guys and, and going out there and i, I walked to uh, 20 minute, I think it was like 2012 for 5k and just, you know, surrounded by guys, every single guy around me was, and girl was a PB or, or set, you know, a lot of times, tons, tons of people who had never been on a track before because it's a running, it's a, it's a running group and people, a lot of these people in these groups have never actually stepped on a track. Um, but the coolest thing was the 
guy who ran a 29 minute 5k and that was a PB was celebrated just as much as the girl that ran 18, 10, and that was a PB. Hmm. You know, everyone's, everyone's accomplishments were just as meaningful. Um, and that was so cool to see. Um, and, and I think that really sums up the, the, the running community here and how supportive they are. And, um, so to be welcomed by, by them as a race walker has been phenomenal. And, um, I try to do as many of the road races as I can. Uh, the nice thing about race walking is that no matter what speed I'm going, people are impressed. Uh, so I can, I can do these road races. I can, I can enter them as workouts and nobody's like, Oh, you're going pretty slow. Um, yeah. No matter what pace I go, people are seem are, are sort of blown away by it. So I have a bit of advantage there because I know a lot of the runners don't like to go into the road races if they're not super fit because they're worried about, you know, running slow times or being beaten by, X person who they normally beat and this, that, and the other thing. Whereas I, I'm lucky enough that I don't have to worry about that aspect of it. So I can basically enter every single race they'll let me do. Hmm. Um, and so that's been, that's been huge. I think that's been one of the biggest drivers of, of getting the awareness out there and letting people see me uh, in that environment and, and really helps build race walking as a legitimate uh, mode of transport. Yeah, definitely. And, Okay, so I'm wondering, you know, there's been a lot more interest in what you've done. Has that translated into more people walking, do you think? Uh, definitely. I think since Rio, um, our our training group has grown. Uh, we have probably 20 to 25 uh, high school or university age kids in our training group now. Um, I went to the BC High School Championship this year, and I... I rocked up just as the race walk was starting and I, I commented to, to one of the guys I was with, I said, man, this is a lot of kids in this race. And we were both sort of blown away by how many, there was about 30, there's about 30 kids in the race. And I was like, that's, that's impressive. And then the men's race went and I thought, again, there's like 30 guys in this race. And I was blown away by that. And then I realized that was just the junior race. Hmm. There was still the senior race and each of those had another 30 in it. Um, you know, to see that was, was really cool to see that the sport is getting more people involved and, and people are giving it a try. And I mean, so much of it, there's has, so much credit has to go to uh, whoever organizes the BC High School track and field because having race walk on the program, having it be an option has been the first step. I mean, there's provinces still that don't offer race walking in their high school programs and not surprisingly, there's no race walkers from there. Um, you look at Quebec. Quebec still got a few, you know, a few good up-and-coming race walkers. It's part of their, it's part of their high school program. Uh, Alberta has a, has a couple of young kids. It's part of their high school program. And BC, same thing. So, you know, that I think has been a, a, a major. It's been one of the major sort of uh, driving forces in creating a big group here in BC is just having access to it and having it be an event that people can try. Um, so yeah, so we've definitely seen more and more people have tons of people asking me, uh, masters athletes, whether I can help them out and they want to try race walking and all this stuff. So I'm really excited for once my training schedule calms down a little bit after Tokyo to take on a coaching role and, and, uh, you know, start up a few masters age groups for, for recreational race walking and competitive race walking. I'm, I'm excited to, to see how that grows. And you've you've mentioned this this great group. Does this mean that we can see you at the uh, at the Terminal Mile Cup uh, next year with with a uh, with a good relay group? 
I don't see why not. Uh, that'd be pretty fun. We could give, give them the runners a run for their money. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be down. I'd be first guy signing up for sure. Oh, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Hey, before we before we end things off, um, if you could just throw out the, you know everywhere that that people can go and and find what what you're doing right now, uh, as well as as your walk, um, as well too, all that good stuff. Maybe you could uh, could throw it out quickly. Yeah, for sure. So uh, the website Dunty Walks, uh, D U N F E E Walks dot com. Tons of info there. You can follow. You can. There's links there to follow me on Strava. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram. It's just at Evan Dunphy. I'm trying to post as much as I can about these kids' sport events. Um, you can donate through the website. Uh, yeah, as I said, you know, 25 bucks goes so far to helping uh, one more kid get, get access to sport and, and get a tax receipt. So, it's, you know, you no reason not to. So, uh, you know, I, I love each and every one of you that's listening, but uh, I'll love you even more if you're able to, uh, to support a little bit. Man, you know, it's it's been great to watch you as as both an athlete but, you know, as as such a huge part of that of that Vancouver running scene and athletic scene uh and just everything that that you're doing out there is has really done the sport good in Canada and, you know, I thank you for that and I definitely thank you for being on the show this week, man. I, I really appreciate it. Hey, I'm I'm always happy to come back on and chat even if I got nothing to say. Uh I feel like you and I can we can fill a, we can fill a time slot pretty effectively so i'm always happy to come back on thank you so much for having me let me sort of share this new event that i'm doing a new thing i'm doing get the word out there to a few more people i really appreciate it if you're a runner in toronto you probably know about eric bang for the more recreational crowd he's a nike run club pacer helping out with that community run initiative but to the more competitive crowd they probably know him as someone who just ran 21903 a huge marathon pb set at this year's chicago marathon now, we eventually got around to talking about that, but our conversation covers everything from coaching to knowing where you stand before you race. Okay, so I think a lot of the listeners um, know what your final time was in Chicago, and it was fantastic going under that under that 220 marker. But I have to know, I mean, like there's always this, in marathon training, it's, it's always interesting because there's this perception going into the race versus your results after the race. What was your perception going into the into that race? Where did you think that you'd finish? Going into that race, I thought I was going to run 219. And I was really confident that 219 was in the card. Uh, and it was just a matter of getting the right scenarios and but um, you know, 219 was the goal. It's what I believed I was capable of, and to, I, I would say I came up three seconds short of a perfect day. Fair enough. Fair enough. Kind of related to that. I mean, like everyone has their their final big workout. Um, I know some people like to do the the Hanson, you know, 26 kilometer marathon pace simulator. Um, you know, I've seen some, some basic threshold workouts, big threshold workouts. Um, what, what was your final big one going in, into, uh, Chicago? My final big one, I think two weeks before I had 35 minutes at half marathon pace, which is my, I struggle very hard with that pace. 
every workout is still that I've done at half marathon pace. I've I've never executed it perfectly, and I remember I woke up that morning to go in the half marathon pace, and it was rainy and windy, and I thought I I can't switch it another day, but I did it. I had I wore everything I was going to wear to race. I wore shoes I was going to wear to race. It was my simulation of everything. I actually, it was the one time I actually nailed half marathon pace. And at 35 minutes, all alone, the dark. And that workout, me was like, okay, it took you 12 weeks, but you're finally dialed in and finally to go. And I think after that workout, that was, that was where I was like, okay, yeah, that backs up what your goal is. That's that's interesting that, that you can't, uh, you know, that you don't find half marathon pace uh, super comfortable or anything. Now, you know, it might sound like a stupid question, but as, as a marathoner, is that kind of where you feel most at home with that, with that marathon pace? Or, you know, do you feel, you know, pretty good with the 10s and the 5s and, and the, you know, the interval and, and that those sorts of paces too? I my my favorite pace is marathon pace. <laughs> it to me, it uh, I get comfortable. I get it's work, but I get very comfortable. I get results. They're my favorite workouts. They're my favorite races to run. I wish that I could race more of them throughout the year. And then on the other end, my other favorite ones are intervals because they're over the bit and it's really fast and powerful. Uh, and then everything in between, as you say, half marathon pace. Uh, it, it's just just so fast and but extended. Like an interval is fast, but it's over. Half marathon 10K, it's still fast, but it goes on forever. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was thinking. I, I think I've I've read on Let's Run before. Um, you know, post by by Malmo, and you know, he was saying, you know, like w- the half marathon is is deceiving because you know if you're truly running a half marathon to you know the pace that you should be by around eight kilometers, you should just be you know you should feel like you're you're kind of on that edge of you know whether you should drop out or not and. Uh, you know that's that's kind of how I've always seen half marathon uh, half marathon pacing. So I don't know. It, it sounds like like you're kind of kind of in the same vein. I don't know. People always you know kind of throw threshold re- workouts as not being you know super super great or whatever. But I think they might be possibly one of the best fitness builders out there. I I don't know. What what do you think about that? Um, I. So, I know, I think threshold workouts, um, some terminology is different for different runners. I know my training partner refers to threshold workouts as what I refer to as marathon based workouts. And threshold workouts to me are kind of the same as half marathon pace. And so, it depends on what you do. I find, uh, I, I find I get the most fitness from long run with big portions of marathon pace. And I think that's what some people prefer to threshold. 
I got that. So you talk about running, you know, throwing some marathon pace into your long runs. Like how how big a chunks are we throwing in? And, you know, are you doing it all in one shot or are you breaking it up into, you know, a couple of, you know, smaller chunks? There's a couple of variations I've, uh, of that that I do. Uh, some of them are you do a, a nice 20-minute warm-up and then you go into uh, – 80 minutes of marathon pace. Sometimes it's when you cool down. Sometimes it's two hours of alternating between five minutes of marathon. Five minutes. Sometimes it is 90 minutes of easy running. It's 35 minutes. So there's just so many different ways to do it. And I, I get my program. Um, via email from my coach and so I only know what I have that week of and I don't have to but I more or less kind of like what like the happy like structures they are my favorite workouts and I, I find them I don't want to say easy but I find them the best to work through hmm you know, you've mentioned your training partner and you've mentioned your coach so far. Um, you know, maybe since your training partner had had a great day uh, down in Chicago as well, maybe maybe throw some some shout outs. Who who are your coach and and who's your training partner? And um, he, yeah, maybe talk to me a little bit about the those guys. So I'm my coach is Steve Boyd. I've been as. After I, I, after I broke 2.30, I reached out to him. Uh, well, actually, during that build in 2015, I kind of reached out to him for advice, and then after, he took me on a full time athlete. So I've been working with Steve Boyd since 2015, and uh, he's just, you know, he keeps it simple. He, yeah, it, he just makes it makes it so simple. It's just running. It's nothing crazy. And I think that that really helps me. It's helped me, helped me as an athlete the way I think as well. It doesn't seem crazy. So I, I don't know that I would be where I am if I didn't have that guidance. And then Kyle Wyatt is a, a runner in Toronto. I met last year at the Waterfront 10K, and ever since then I've been training with him, and um, our partnership works out really great. It's, it's, um, it's very rare to meet someone who has the same goals as you, who has the same fit capabilities, and live half a mile away from you. <laughs> so, that just worked out really well and we've been able to really help each other focus on our goals and help each other just be better athletes and so I don't again I I like to believe I can do this on my own but I think that he has really really helped me get where I am and I've also helped 
you know that's uh that's that's really interesting that that Steve Wood is your coach because you know I was I was gonna ask because you are such a big part of the Toronto running community, uh you know with the Nike Run Club and that sort of stuff. Another big runner, uh in the city of course is is Lindsay Tessier who's also coached by by Steve Boyd. Um, she had such a big race uh, in Berlin, which was fantastic to see. Uh, no doubt you've crossed paths with her a number of times. You know, did that have any effect on uh, you know your, your mind, your state of mind going in, into Chicago? Um, you know, how did how did that affect you? Yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure Lindsay and I started being coached by Steve around the same time because we used to uh, we used to meet up when we had our big marathon workouts. We were both new to this program, and we were like, oh my goodness, we're going to do 90 minutes at marathon pace. Let's meet up. We'll do the warm-up together. And then since it's 90 minutes, we're going to end at the same time. We'll make sure none of us die out on Lakeshore. And so our first summer with Steve, we did a lot of our marathon workouts. We coordinated them. Even with different cases, we were able to support each other at the beginning end. And so I have a great friendship with Lindsay and as you know you've spoken to her, she is such she's probably one of she probably has the best head on her shoulders for this sport because she has so much gratitude and calmness and perspective. And I can become hyper focused and I can get in my head and she just sets a great example of being a little bit more calm, a little bit more level-headed. And when when she did Berlin, that was just super, super inspiring. And I just, I thought, you know, if she can do this, I can do, I can achieve my goal as well. Uh, it, it was, yeah. When I see her do well, I also kind of just take that on for myself and say, we're on the same path. We're just, there's, we're, there's no reason why I can't achieve this as well. You know, I have to say that probably one of the worst and one of the best tools for runners and, and probably athletes at large, but, but especially runners and cyclists is the whole Strava thing. Now I'm on Strava and, and you are on Strava. I suggest people go, go and find you. Um, you know, it's just Eric bang on, on Strava, but it was really neat to watch. Um, you know, you throw down your workouts, uh, you know, you throw down your volume and all that sort of stuff just to see what you were doing throughout the build. And it was it was something that, you know, I was I made special point to to check in and, and see what you're running for for workouts and that sort of stuff. Coming from the other end of, of someone who's running really fast, what does Strava mean for for you and, and you know, what do you get from it? I, I do the same. I have people on Java that inspire me and motivate me. There's, there's a lot of fast people on there doing really big and great workouts that I, I also like to check in on and like communicate with them. But we do have such a, a big running community in Toronto that it's nice to see 
not just at this kind of fast end of things. There's a lot of people achieving great things for themselves throughout all the different paces and levels. Like, there's a lot of athletes that I know through the Nike Run Club that, you know, they've trained themselves from four-hour marathon to 3.30 marathon. And it's really nice to be able to see that they're putting in just as much work as I am and achieving great goals on their own level. So I don't think I don't think that um, people could just be obsessed with who are throwing down major workouts. There's a lot of inspiration you know, and yeah, like there's it's, I have genuine friendships with people that I follow on Strava that I'm always happy to see do well in their week and their long run and their workout. So it's almost like Facebook just keeping up with friends. So I I don't really see any negative part of it. Um, as long as you kind of keep in mind that there's nothing nothing anyone else does is gonna affect what you do. And if you can keep that in your mind, that's fine. You know, it just dawned on me that we've we've gotten this far into the interview and we actually haven't talking talked about the um about the big race about about chicago um i mean chicago was was it was interesting to watch because it looked like it was really wet on the course um maybe a, a bit slippery in in sections you know what what was it like you know as you got to the starting line you know what what were you thinking about the conditions? You know, what was the temperature like? What was the humidity like? You know, how were you feeling before that gun went off? Um, before the gun went off, I think when I'm the week of, I'm pretty you know anxious and high strung. But when I get to the start line and like I'm always like, let's get this show started. It's what I prepared for, so I'm fairly calm and certain. Of myself, I knew we were very specific in what we needed to do in our plan, and I had a lot of confidence in that. So I was the calmest I had been probably throughout the whole build. And we were very aware of the humidity, uh, so we just knew that we needed to keep ourselves cool and hydrated, and make sure not to uh, overcook the turkey. Uh, but we just ran smart. We, I think the rain might have been a bit seething and like it felt cooler than it was, but you just have to manage the conditions that yourself and just check in on yourself constantly. Sometimes you get so focused on the pace or the runner in front of you that you need to take a moment to scan yourself, scan your body. Am I hot? Am I cramping? How are these conditions affecting me? And you just have to constantly monitor that. And I think I did a really good job at doing that. I don't think those conditions... I didn't suffer too bad with conditions that bad. Um, as for the surface, I mean, wet roads are wet roads. They're you know, we, we run here in the winter in, like, snow-covered roads, rain in the rain. I don't think that 
conditions were perfect, but I also know we train in every position that we dealt with every day, so we have to be perfect conditions. You're right. Fair enough, fair enough. I mean, watching watching Chicago on TV was, oh, man, it, I, I think all the listeners, um, and myself included, would agree that it was just one heck of a race to watch. Um, have you have you taken the time? Have you gone back and, and watched the Chicago Marathon yet? No, not yet. It was. I'm. We are, Kyla and I are planning to to do that together. Um, yeah, we we really like it. One, we're fans of the sport. We want to see the race, uh, and. We also need to get together and kind of really digest the whole thing, kind of. But yeah, we still have to watch it, uh, and I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> you know, um, you know, I've mentioned it a couple times, but uh, but you are a pacer for for the NRC for the Nike Run Club in Toronto. Um, you know, which is, from what I understand, a little more community-oriented. Perhaps you can uh, expand on that because, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, may not exactly know what it is. Yeah, so Nike, the, Nike, the Nike Run Club in Toronto is um, much like, I'm sure there's lots of different run clubs in every city. This one is organized and facilitated by Nike Toronto, and they offer variety of different programs um, and it's always changing it's always evolving and but mostly they're wanting to just engage people sort of running so I'm I'm a pacer of theirs so when they have runs whether it's a long run or a speed workout I help pace their different pace groups and there to support the athletes that show up to those runs and so it, it is very much community-based runners all level of all, of all levels are welcome and encouraged to come and it's been a great way for me to to share what I'm passionate about to stay engaged with the community and to just kind of get out of my own bubble <laughs> you know when one last question for you you know when the last time that uh, that Jeff Cawson, uh was on the show we we talked about um, how this has really been the year for Steve Boyd athletes. And regretfully, you were not one of the athletes mentioned. Uh, but, you know, just to go through it quickly, there was, there was Colin Fuhrer who put down an amazing, uh, you know, Masters, so close to that Masters uh, Canadian record in the half marathon. Uh, Lindsay has just had a fantastic uh, couple of years for sure. Uh, you know, you with the, with the excellent uh, Chicago Marathon do you think Jeff Cawson is the next long distance runner uh, with Ulster to to make a big breakthrough? I think that Jeff has all the potential to achieve whatever he wants to achieve, and I think that anyone who is being coached by will reach their full potential, whatever that may be, as long as they can follow his instructions and keep himself healthy. So I don't see why he's not. Fair enough. Fair enough. We, we've heard it here first. Jeff Costin, if he wants to do well, he will do well. 
and I, I know he listens, so he he better be listening, or else I'll be very very upset with him. He is Eric Bangin, man. It's uh, it's been it's been so cool to watch you do really really well and just progress over the years. And uh, yeah, man, it's it's just been really really good. And and like I said, it's been you know a busy year for the sport in Canada. And uh, you know you should you should be proud to you be you know, considered a part of that for sure. Uh, thanks a lot for take for taking the time to be on the show this week, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Well, that wraps up another edition of the terminal mile. Big thanks to my guests this week, both Evan and Eric. If you want to find out more about Evan's initiative for kids sport, be sure to go to dunfeewalks.com. Also big thanks to Tracky for their ongoing support. If you want to find us online, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at the Terminal Mile, or also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and of course, tracky.ca. Big thanks to you for listening. This has been the Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. Yeah.